Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast for and by successful business people who also deal with the pain and frustration of chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Today we're going to be talking with Steve Anchorstar, and I am going to let him introduce himself, but I do want to say first and foremost, I'm very honored to have you. You are military. I want to say thank you for your service, first and foremost. And I just think what you're doing and how you're doing it, considering the challenges and everything that you have, is something that my listeners would want to hear about. So I am going to turn it over to you and you can tell us a little bit about who you are and how this whole journey started. Sure. Well, sounds good, Nancy. And thank you so much for having me on, on your show. And I sure hope that my story can, uh, you know, enlighten slash inspire your listeners uh, to hear from my experiences of what I've had to deal with and help them through their own challenges out there uh, to either become or continue to be successful business owners. Uh, but hey, everybody out there, uh, Steve Anchorstar is my name. I My father was in the Air Force. So when I went through high school, I kind of got drafted into the Air Force is what I tell everybody even though it wasn't an actual draft. But uh, I went off to college on an Air Force scholarship and I had seen the movie Top Gun in high school and I said, that's what I wanna do. So that was my first goal to chase down. And uh, about 10 years later after seeing that movie is when I finally got to fly a fighter for the Air Force. And I spent most of my career uh, flying fighters and it was just a privilege. So when people thank me for my service, I, you know, it's almost embarrassing because it's literally one of the most amazing jobs in the world. So I always say thank you graciously, but really it's, it's really a privilege to even get to fly in one of those airplanes, let alone fly it on almost a, a daily basis. Uh, I did that for 20 years and I had an entrepreneurial bug uh, in me that wasn't, wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't able to do in the military, especially as an officer and a commander, you can't have an outside job. So I had to wait until I retired and then I opened my own financial services firm. I couldn't quite let go of the airplane. So I called it Afterburner Financial after the, uh, the engines on the airplanes that I flew and, uh, and just absolutely love it. So I've been in business for seven years. Um, my issue that I've had to deal with, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get more into during, the, during this show is from flying fighters for all those years, almost all of us have lower back problems. And to the point where I've had you know some procedures done, and it's still pretty much chronic pain. So that helped. I had to manage my business, knowing that going in, and uh, done that for seven years. And I also just started a podcast as well a couple months ago. So it's just a beginning podcast called On Time on Target, uh, which talks about goal setting, goal achievement, that sort of thing. So that's me in a nutshell. Uh, happily married for almost 17 years, and two little girls yeah. that uh, that uh, are not not excited about being home all day long. <laughs> I'll bet they're not. What do they think about their daddy being a jet fighter, though? <laughs> well, my wife and I joke because I, I retired. One of the reasons I wanted to retire right at the 20-year point is I was deployed overseas to the Middle East in a little little country called Qatar right on the Persian Gulf. And I was there for a year. So I was away from my family for a mm -hmm. long time. And I would Skype in. And, and the oldest kind of remembers those days. But the youngest, she was only, I think, four at the time or so. And I would just kind of watch her playing, you know, with her toys on the floor of her room through Skype, which was, hey, that's all I needed, right? A little bit of a little bit of a connection there. And she said one day she turned to the camera, she goes, you know, I don't even remember what you look like anymore. 
So that's when I said, well, okay, you got me. It's time to retire and uh, come home and come home and be a dad. So when they hear the stories uh, of me flying, it's kind of like not real because they, they see pictures of themselves as little kids out on the flight line. But since I retired from doing that earlier on, they don't really, uh, they, they can't see it. They just kind of know of it, if you will. So what got you interested in financial planning? How did you go? I mean, that's just a very divergent <laughs> interest base. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, uh, like I said, I saw Top Gun in high school. And even before I saw Top Gun, I already knew what I wanted to do. Uh, if you remember back in the day, there was Family Ties TV show. And we lived out in the country in Ohio, and I did no no kids in the neighborhood, and I was an only child. So we watched a lot of TV, and <laughs> I saw you know Family Ties and Alex P. Keaton, uh, Michael J. Fox playing that role, and just loved it. I always loved math growing up, so I wanted I knew I wanted to get involved in investing and, and financial planning at an early age. Uh, my parents were pretty savvy, if you will, uh, financially, and even though we were middle class, they made a deal with me and said, hey, if you go out and get a job when you're 16, um, you get to keep that money and we're going to match the money that you make into your IRA. And so I kind of started having the investment accounts things in high school. So, you know, I did, I'm a kid like everybody else. I, I just kind of paid a little bit of attention to it, but I learned along the way. And by the time I graduated college, that actually had grown up to be a decent amount of money. So it kind of got me hooked. And that's when I thought I, you know, my first goal was to be a fighter pilot and the odds are pretty low. And so I knew going in that if I tried as hard as I could for that and I didn't make it, that I was going to pivot somewhere in my mid-20s to you know, early 30s into investment management. Um, I always thought I would work for somebody else. And then once I got around 40 or so, that's when I said, this uh, working for somebody else isn't, isn't going to happen anymore. Um, not only because personally I wanted to be the boss and in charge like I was a commander in the military, so I was kind of used to running things. And then secondly, because of my bad back, I can't go sit in an office downtown in Austin. Um, I, I can't sit, I can't do that for eight hours a day. I can only do that for about two hours before I have to kind of change to a standing desk or lay down on the couch, rest my back, that sort of thing. Yeah. And we'll talk about that for a second, but I, I want to first, because I think it's really important, something you said about understanding finances. And a lot of times, small business owners, whether they are just starting out or even after they've been in business for a while, don't really get the financial aspect. You know, and they, I don't want to, I don't understand the money. I don't want to think about it. I'm just going to do my thing. And, uh, you know, if something comes along, I'll buy it or whatever. And they don't really understand the difference between revenues and, and profits. And it's, there's an old joke about, well, I can buy this because I've still got a check in my checkbook. Right. You know, they don't, they don't get that. So talk to us for just a second about, what a person in business really needs to bottom line needs to understand about finances. Yeah. I think you bring up a great point of folks will have a product or a service. They have their idea and they know that conceptually this idea should make a lot of money. And uh, you know, with whatever the stats are, as far as small business people failing, uh, it is usually caught up in the details of <laughs> well, do you know what profit margin is? And, you know, you can make it, you can have lots of revenue, but if you don't keep any of it, 
um, then obviously that's not going to last forever or make it worth your time of, of doing it. And I think it's interesting because, you know, most people have had some accounting somewhere along the lines. But even I, who like math, I, I hated accounting. Uh, you know, it was they learn just enough to pass the test and be, be done with it. And I think that's as far as, and I have a couple of clients that are small business owners that have found paying attention to the numbers from the get-go is kind of critical. And when they've run into tough situations like this year with COVID-19 coming in and they're forced to shut down either a portion or all of their business, uh, they didn't kind of know that they there wasn't much of a net <laughs> below them because they really didn't understand their financials. They hired somebody to do that for them. Uh, so anybody, whether you're out there by yourself, and I'm a solopreneur, I'm by myself, uh, so I do everything in-house. But if you're out there either running a company or doing it by yourself, really understanding the balance sheet and profit and loss and uh, you know cash flow is really important to take your time and do it. And it won't be enjoyable. It's one of those that's just not fun, uh, but you just have to have to hunker down and learn that sort of stuff. Yeah. And something that used to bug me and I still don't really understand, but it's all based on financials and the IRS and all that kind of stuff is uh, that somebody will say, you know, you go in and you fill out a, a, a form at the doctor's office, for instance, and it said, who do you work for? Well, I go, I'm a business owner. And they'll go, no, you're self-employed. What's the difference and why does it matter? I, I don't know the answer to that question, but I always, uh, the way I fill things out is I work for Afterburner Financial and, you know, I'm a you know wealth manager or financial planner, kind of depending on what I'm filling out. I don't really mention the whole self-employed thing until somebody, meant, you know, somebody peels it back. It's like, well, you're really kind of self-employed. It's like, well, I don't really view it that way. You know, I've, I use QuickBooks online. So it's like, I have a full set of financials. I'm, I'm, I'm legitimate. So I don't think there should be a discriminator, if you will. As far as the self-employed, it's almost like it's people don't trust your trust what you're saying as much if you are, and that shouldn't be the case. Well, and I think there's a I think there's a mental, and and this may be getting outside your field of expertise, but I think there's a mental image there too about being a business owner as opposed to being self-employed. You know, a lot of people who consider themselves to be self-employed are employees. You know, they, right. they go about running their business as though they were employees of the business. Whereas if you say I'm a business owner, that brings in a whole new spectrum where you do have charge of financials and you do have to figure out, you know, what's going to get paid and, and what do you do long term. And, down, you know, and that's where a financial planner comes in is because you do look at things with more of a long term perspective as opposed to you know i i need to buy a room of a ream of paper today <laughs> kind of thing you know right. um yeah so i think that's something that from a business standpoint is important for business owners to understand from and from the financial aspects is you need to from the very very beginning you need to look at at the financials and you need to figure out i'm looking at bringing somebody in uh, to help with videos and I'm going, I just don't have the money right now to add on another person. Right. You look at the, you know, and you go, I, maybe I want to, but the financials don't say do it. Then you have to be willing to look at those financials and, and figure out where they, where you stand in something like that. You know, what would be an ideal financial 
background for somebody in business? What, how, what would they need to be thinking about, especially in terms of what we're dealing with right now with COVID? Well, yeah, I think you, I think your point there is really good in that the, so the answer to your question would be an accounting background, but it's kind of strange isn't the right word, but in a, if you were to go, if you were to go major in accounting at a university, that's preparing you to go out and work for somebody and be an accountant. It's not really preparing you to go open your own business. And if you're an entrepreneurial program, uh, which University of Texas has, has a pretty decent one, and of course it's growing over time, they kind of don't really teach you to be an accountant because there's so many, you know, that's just one piece of, of the puzzle. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's interesting that it's the, the, the funniest conversation I had with one of my business owner clients and I went to high school with her. So I've known her literally over, you know, 35 years and we were laughing one night and she said, if you knew everything that it took to be a successful business owner, if you knew that back then, would you still have done it? <laughs> and both of us <laughs> kind of chuckled. And I said, uh, I probably would have, cause I started at 43 when I retired from the military and she's like, there's no way I would have started this. She started in her twenties and she's like, I would never have you know, tackled all this had I known everything that was going into it. So I think it's kind of funny from the entrepreneurial spirit is you kind of, you are comfortable or to be successful. I think you have to be comfortable knowing that you don't know everything and that you're going to learn a lot on the way and you are going to make mistakes and have to turn around and backtrack and it'll cost you time, money, uh, humility, uh, (laughs) everything along the way as you kind of figure it out. Uh, but yeah, it's the, uh, it, it's kind of a dichotomy there. If you actually knew how to be a, an accountant, you'd probably just be like, nah, I'll just go be an accountant for somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I hear that. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I still struggle with on a daily basis is I don't want to talk about money. <laughs> you know, I don't want to think about it. I've got all these wonderful ideas and, you know, oh, it costs 50 bucks. Okay, fine. Oh, it, you know, I'm going, I, I just, I don't like it. And I think that's, I think that's probably a a big issue that a lot of entrepreneurs and small businesses deal with. Let's shift a little bit now and talk about how going into this from the get-go, you had an issue. A lot of our listeners have already been successful in their business and then have had something happen. Like I've been in business for over 35 years. Six years ago, I was in the hit-and-run car accident, and my entire world changed. But I'd been in business. I knew how to run a business long before I had an issue. Right. Now, it's starting all over and trying to figure out how to run a business with all these new addenda that's on it you know well now i can't do this now i can't do that you were actually kind of lucky in that you started your business already knowing that you had an issue and that there were things so you didn't have to learn and relearn and forget and something else what did you know from the very beginning that you needed to have to make this business a success yeah you bet so you're right. I, I knew what I was up against going in. And even before I left the military, I was having regular back appointments and um, x-rays, MRIs, you know, everything to really kind of figure out what's going on. And it's just basic arthritis. Uh, they said, you're, you're 43 and your, your back is 83. Uh, so um, you'll probably live a long, healthy life, but your mobility is going to be affected. So 
I knew that. And I also knew that I was going into a job that was going to require a lot of sitting in front of a screen. So when I went from basic office design from, I'm at a home office. So I, I like to say I worked from home before it became the in vogue thing here recently. So it's kind of nice because it's not really an adjustment for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, it took basically, we're very fortunate financially. So I had a nice a big house with a, a big office space upstairs where I have a conference room. And so I'm really the same thing as being downtown. Um, but I had the space to be able to do it. But in addition to my normal um, sitting desk computer. I have a MacBook that I'm on now, which I have a couch in my office. So that's a, I, I like to joke if those are familiar with Ikea uh, furniture, uh, it, it's square and it's hard. And that is exactly what my back needs is like this hard surface to lay on. So I can lay on that couch, which is just com not comfortable for most people, uh, <laughs> lay on that and be able to work laying down and kind of rest my back. And I also, where I'm at right now, I'm seated on a, in a chair in front of it, but a standing desk. Um, so I can move, move the, the, the bar stool basically away and stand for a while. All of those things give me an opportunity to kind of um, manage the back situation. And then we have a treadmill downstairs that also relieves some, if it starts hurting, I can just get on there, either walk and work or just take a break and work out and actually run. Either of those can kind of help me get through the day. So I knew leaving the military that whatever I did, I really wasn't employable for, you know, I can't walk in and employ, you know, and say, I, I would love to work for you and I can offer all these skills, but here's like my nine conditions of employment because, <laughs> because I just can't sit there in the cubicle uh, mm -hmm. all day long. Um, mm -hmm. And when I'm with clients, you know, I meet for about an hour at a time and I tell them I've got, you know, some injuries from the military and I can only really sit for about an hour. Uh, that helps kind of get keeps things efficient too. But that way I'm not sitting there in pain because if the pain sets in, I'm not at my best for the client. And that's why I'm there is to be 100% all in for the client, not worried about myself. How do you plan your day? You know that you can only do like two, two and a half hours at a time. Do you have some sort of a calendar that you use that you book things when it comes to two and a half hours? Do bells go off? I mean, you know, how do you plan your day? Yeah, I would say bells go off in my back. That's for sure. But the, uh, but yeah, I do. I do plan my day. Basically, the market opens. I'm in central time zone. So it's 830 in the morning, my time. I get up whenever I wake up, which is generally around seven. I'm on a pretty regular schedule most of the time, which is nice after all that military time of your schedule being all over the place. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not, it's not to have to set an alarm and just wake up when your body's ready. I will generally lay in bed and do most of my market study of what's going on around the world, check out today's headlines, review some of the uh, positions I have. And then on about eight o'clock, so after I lay there for about an hour, then I'll get it set up upstairs. And uh, if you can see the office, I have seven computer schemes off to, off to the right uh, of me where, you know, I can pull up different positions. The Business Success Unlimited Patreon page is now live. Patreon is a simple way for you to contribute to this podcast every month. And in return, you'll get exclusive benefits such as a monthly live Q&A with Nancy and a business book club. If you're interested in becoming a VI pig, we would really appreciate your support in keeping our independent production going. You can find a link to our Patreon page at don'twaittillpigsfly.com. Thank you so much. With your planning, your schedule, you know, do you ever have to deal with 
uh, a client who's, you know, you may say, I work from noon to 2.30 and then my next appointment's 5 o'clock or something like that. When a customer says, no, I have to see you at 3 o'clock, what do you do? How do you deal with something like that? Well, fortunately in this business, there's nothing that really can't be handled over the phone. Uh, people obviously love to be face-to-face -face and, you know, COVID-19 has really proven how much we miss the social interaction mm -hmm. of being there in person. But really, you know, I'll take phone calls pretty much at any time because I can manage, I can go lay down. And that's one thing I will do if I'm seated at, the, at my desk and the phone rings. It's like, ooh, as I'm answering it, I'll kind of run over to my, uh, my couch and kind of lay down so I can take, take the call. Uh, bring a tablet with me sometimes if I have to look something up in, the, in their account. But mm -hmm. I have not, I can say in, what's it, six years now, uh, I have not had a time where I had to really drop what I was doing and physically go meet with a client where tomorrow wasn't good enough or later today or, you know, we couldn't really work something out. I do appreciate that other folks don't have that leeway uh, in their business, uh, but in a financial services business, kind of have a little more of a leash, which helps me out. Uh, so, cause I want them to have a hundred percent of me and my, my wife, my wife, Irene would be the first one to say, she knows when I'm my back hurts because yeah. she knows before I do, because my demeanor changes. I'm not quite my full self, if you will. I'm a pretty, pretty sensitive, pretty good sense of humor. Most of the time I'll, I'll get a little uh, more straightforward, if you will, yeah. if uh, the pain is setting in, setting in. So you, you pretty well got a good handle on your understanding of your health and the things that you have to do and how to do them. Are there any tools outside of financial tools? But you, you talk about tools, which I would talk about your couch and, you know, things like that, which are actual tools to help you run your business. What other processes and tools do you use that you could share with the listeners that might be more back office type things that you use just to keep your business moving forward? Sure. And I think you make a good point that I'm different in the fact that I kind of knew all my challenges going in. So I was able to design around it instead of mm -hmm. have to, to react to it. Mm -hmm. um, I would say it's the being able to work on different electronic platforms. So there's a traditional, I have a iMac over there with this nice, big, beautiful screen, which is my primary workspace. But I also have, you know, my big cell phone. It's <laughs> oversized, if you will. I'm kind of tall, so it doesn't look that big in my hands. Um, <laughs> but it is a big old phone, if you will. Uh, my girls make fun of it. And then, uh, then I have a tablet as well and a small MacBook, which is what I'm actually on right now, that's really lightweight. So between the technology, if you will, I can get to, I'm a, I use Charles Schwab as my custodian. So I can get to my technology and basically be able to lay on my back and hold a tablet up or my phone and do everything pretty much that I need to do. And if I run into a stop, then I can get up and kind of go over and do it on the on the desktop. So between really the office furniture, which you already talked about, as well as uh, the technology that I've surrounded myself with, that's given me, those are the, the tools that's allowed me to be able to operate pretty much without any interruption. If you could tell the listeners one thing with just being in business and having, having medical challenges, what would that one thing be? 
I would say uh, always move forward. The <laughs> that's the um, uh, the biggest thing I would have. And what I mean by that is when I first got out of the military, there's all of the Veterans Affairs appointments that I had to have for not just my back, my neck, and some other some other health issues that are all related to flying. But there's times when it's I had to drive to an appointment that I would come back and it was kind of I was exhausted already and I didn't really want to work on my business. But I made a point of it that every day you know, something as a new business owner, you have to and whether you want to or not, really have to go all in and make strides every day. And largely, you know, most of the human nature is to do everything you want to do first. So design your product or, you know, touch up your service, but it's the accounting and billing and invoices and all that other stuff that people don't generally like that time that gets put off to the side. But with all those appointments at the beginning, um, I was, it was kind of a challenge to come home kind of tired from that and wanting just to lay down and rest and having to get up and go do things. And this is from a perspective of, you know, I was 43 at the time, so not, not old by any means, but certainly not young with the energy level of a, you know, potential entrepreneur right out of high school or college that would be able to, to pull these 16 hours a day uh, over time and kind of work through all that stuff. So if you're a little bit older, uh, just always making sure that there are things falling off of the to-do list every day that are getting done versus uh, piling up on there because there's pretty much an endless to-do list uh, <laughs> for, especially if you're a perfectionist, like we had talked earlier before we were yeah. live, uh, you know, the to-do to -do list just gets, seems to get bigger over time, no matter what you, no matter what, how good Whatever you, are. you do, it never ends. <laughs> right. Keeps how it fun too, but get a hold of you if they wanted to work with you. Uh, sure. Uh, if you have show notes, I'll, I'll be able to give you my information to be able to add with that. But really, uh, two websites, uh, Steve at or, uh, OTOTnow.com is my uh, podcast website. And again, that talks about financial goal setting and achieving your dreams. It's kind of motivational too. So it's not just, just uh, nerdy finance, if you will. Um, but it should be a good listen. I like to think I'm funny. Probably not as funny as, as, as you would hope. But I do keep a, a kind of a serious topic in a, in a light manner. So that's OTOTnow.com for my On Time On Targets podcast. And then the other one, if you're interested in uh, financial management or financial planning, uh, that's afterburner-financial.com. So either of those websites are good places to start. Some people want help in investing. Some people don't. Uh, but if you happen to look at my website and think I'd be from hearing me today, if you think I'm a good fit, uh, reach out to me and I'll kind of, we'll talk more about what I could do for you and your Right. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being a part of this show today. I, lots of wonderful information. You know, I, I think you are an ideal person for people to look up to for, you know, being able to deal with things and not giving up, but pushing through. And I am sure that we will be talking again because I think you have some valuable information to share. So I want to thank you. Guys, if you've been listening today, I'm sure that if you have questions, you can put them in the comments and we'll get them over so that he can answer them for you. And in the meantime, what other topics do you all want to talk about? What would you like to hear about? Do you know of anyone who would be a good guest for the podcast? And you can listen to us every Thursday night at 5 p.m. Eastern at Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly.com. 
Let us know what you think of the show. Ask questions. Send us comments. And until next time, guys, get out there, be productive, and soar higher. Y'all take care, and we'll talk again soon. See ya. Bye-bye.